Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. Chapter 4, and I'm going to begin there. You know what? I want to begin there at verse 19. 1 Samuel chapter 4, and I'm going to begin reading at verse 19. Here's what it says. It says, And his daughter-in-law, Phineas' wife, was with child, near to be delivered. And when she heard the tidings that the ark of God was taken, and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she bowed herself and travailed. For her pains came upon her. And about the time of her death, the woman that stood by her said unto her, Fear not, for thou hast borne a son. But she answered not, neither did she regard it. She named the child Ichabod, saying, The glory is departed from Israel, because the ark of God was taken, and because of her father-in-law and her husband. And she said, The glory is departed from Israel, for the ark of God is taken. Ichabod. The glory is departed. And if you would just pray with me, I'm going to, I'll tell you my, my, the title of my, my message here in just a moment, but I want you to pray with me and let's pray together. Lord, we love you so much and we're so thankful for our time here together. And I ask you, Lord, that you would just speak to us through this word. God, we are embarking upon a new year, a new season, not just a new year, Lord, but a new season in the church. The next step, God, and I, and I pray that you would help us I pray that you would lead us and guide us and not and help us not just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word also. And Lord, we'll be so careful to give you praise, glory, and honor. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you uh, for reading the word with me today. I want to tell you a little bit of history here about what happened in 1 Samuel chapter 4. 1 Samuel chapter 4 is one of the greatest shifts in the word of God because something very... Um, very crazy happens here in 1 Samuel chapter 4. You see, in 1 Samuel chapter 4, the Philistines begin a campaign to destroy the children of Israel, and they set the battle in array. The Bible tells us this in 1 Samuel 4 and chapter 2, that the Philistines put themselves in array against Israel, and when they joined battle, Israel was smitten before the Philistines, and they slew of the army in the field about 4,000 men. So the Philistines declare war against Israel, and in their first battle, 4,000 Hebrew men fall. Such a tragic event. And Israel is concerned. What's, what's going on here? What, what, why isn't the Lord on our side? What, what do we need to do? Now, if you know hindsight, then you understand that at this time, Eli is the man of God over Israel. And the Bible tells us that Eli is getting old in age and his eyes are dim and that there's no open vision in the land of God. Among the people of God, there is no open vision. And Eli, 
is growing dim. His mind is not working great anymore. And he is allowing his two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, to run the house of God the way that they see fit. The Bible tells us of their treacherous activities, just debauchery as they are seen eating food from the table of showbread, taking sacrifices from the altar and eating them. And even at one point, the Bible tells us that they bring women of ill repute into the tabernacle and consummate with them there. It is a horrible scene. The house of God is in a mess. God is not pleased. And because of that, Israel is weak. See, what we have to understand is if you have a weak house of God, then the people of God will be weak. That if God's house is weak, God's people will be weak. And they're struggling. And the Philistines set themselves in a battle and they say, we're going to destroy Israel once and for all. And when Israel goes out to fight, they imagine that this will be like any other time, that God will step in and do the work that he's always done, that God will make a way out of no way. God has always been on our side. And in the first battle, 4,000 men fall. What is going on? What, what are we to do? And so they think to themselves, you know what? Let's go and let's fetch the Ark of the Covenant because that's always worked. That represents God's glory. It represents God's presence, God's power, God's authority. And they said, let's just go get it. The Bible says, let's fetch it. That's how the Bible describes it. They said, let us fetch the Ark of the Covenant in verse 3 of 1 Samuel 4 out of Shiloh unto us. <clears throat> and when it cometh among us, it may save us out of the hand of our enemies. You see, they had confused the glory of God with just this box. That God's glory and God's presence was more than just an artifact. It, it was more than just a piece of furniture. They, they were not doing what God wanted them to do. They were out of God's will. And they could have had that box and shined it up as, as shiny as they wanted it to. But it didn't mean that God was on their side. We have to be careful sometimes that we don't just take our suits and our ties and, and our church building and, and everything that quote unquote makes us Christian and think that God's pleased with us just because we looked apart. Think that God is pleased with us just because we dressed apart. But God looks at the intent and the content of the heart. God's worried about what's on the inside. And so as they bring this Ark of the Covenant thinking this is automatically going to win the battle for us, they fall again. This time, this time, as the Philistines realize that the Ark of the Covenant is in the camp, the Bible tells us that they hear them scream. They hear the people begin to chant, begin to shout, and they say to themselves, surely the Ark is in the camp. And we know that the God of the Israelites, we, we, we've heard all the stories about him. We heard how we brought him out of Egypt. We heard what he did to the other people that stood against them, and they were afraid. But somebody said, hey, quit, quit ye like men. Do you want to serve the Israelites for the rest of your life? Let's fight. And so they went and they fought, and when they fought, in verse 10, 
the Bible says Israel was smitten and they fled every man into his tent and there was a very great slaughter for there fell of Israel 30,000 footmen. Wow, 4,000 and now 30,000. This is a great, great defeat. But the worst part is we find in verse 11. The ark of God was taken and the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were slain. What a tragedy. When Eli, the priest, hears that Hophni and Phinehas are dead, and when he hears that the Ark of the Covenant has been taken, he falls. He, oh, oh no, and he falls, and when he falls, he breaks his neck. So now, Hophni, Phinehas, they're gone. The Ark of the Covenant is gone and the man of God is gone what we are privy to here though what we're privy to in this story we find at the end is that the Phineas had a wife one of Eli's sons Phineas had a wife and the Bible lets us into this story a little bit more because before this moment we didn't really know this we, we, we thought that Phineas was just a wild guy living his life, doing all kinds of crazy stuff in the tabernacle. But the Bible lets us into the story, just a, just a touch here, and it reveals to us that Phineas had a wife and she was with child. And she, upon hearing that Phineas was dead, Eli was dead, and that the Ark of the Covenant was taken, it puts her into labor. The shock of the tragedy puts her into labor. And she dies while giving birth. But before she dies, the Bible tells us about the time of her death. The woman that stood by her told her, said, don't, don't be afraid. God's given you a son. But she didn't even regard it. She didn't even look at the kid. And with her dying words, she names him. She said, I want to call him Ichabod, which means the glory has departed. She said, because the glory has departed out of Israel. And the ark of God has been taken. And so she puts a moniker on this kid. She puts a stamp on this boy, Ichabod. She puts a stamp on him for the rest of his life. Ichabod means the glory of God is gone. We don't really hear much about Ichabod in the Bible. All we know is that he has been named. His name represents one of the greatest defeats of Israel's history. His name represents one of the greatest tragedies in Israel's history, the death of its prophet and his sons and the taking and subsequent thievery of the ark of God, which represents the glory of God. It's a tragedy. And now this boy is stuck for the rest of his life named after this tragedy. It's, it's, the, it's the culmination of his family. This is his past. This is who he is. This, is. this is what he is, Ichabod. You can't say his name without remembering where he's from. You, you, you can't say his name. You can't even greet this man. You can't even greet him on the street and not somehow be reminded of the moment that Israel thought they would be fancy. And bring God's glory into a battle and have it taken by the enemy. 
They will not retrieve this ark again until David becomes king and decides, I'm going to get the ark of the covenant. David is the one who will go get the ark of the covenant. We know the story very well. If you don't know the story, read it for yourself where David goes and gets the Ark of the Covenant back. It'll go from Eli to Samuel, from Samuel to Saul, to Saul to David before that Ark of the Covenant is brought back to its original place. And you can't see Ichabod and you can't say Ichabod without talking about such a great loss. But here's the verse that I read a few months ago, a few weeks ago. When I, when I read this verse, if something just hit me. The Lord showed me this. The Lord revealed this to me, I believe, because the Lord has a word for somebody today. And I, I want to show it to you. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 14 and verse 3. The Bible says this, And to Hai, the son of Ahitub, Ichabod's brother, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh, wearing an ephod, and the people knew not that Jonathan was gone. Now, that verse may not mean a whole lot to you, but when I read it, a light went off in my head. Sirens went off in my head because I had no idea that Ichabod had a brother. I had no clue. Neither did you, probably. And so today I want to preach to you this subject. Ichabod had a brother. Yeah, Ichabod had a brother. I, obviously, obviously Ichabod was not the firstborn because Ichabod's mother died in childbirth to him. Before Ichabod was born, there was another child born and his name was Ahitu, Ahitub. I don't know how to say it properly. We're going to say Ahitu for today. All I know is his brother was Ichabod. That's what I know. I know that Ahitub had to live his whole life knowing that my baby brother, my baby brother is Ichabod. The glory has gone. If if you think that your family is messed up today, let me tell you about Ahitub's family. His father was no good. His father is literally a joke in the country of Israel. His father is looked upon as one of the worst people to ever hold power in the people of Israel's history. His grandfather, Eli, was the man who let the house of God go. It was his brother. I mean, it was his father, and it was his, his, his uncle and his grandfather who decided, let's go get the glory. They lost the glory. His family lost the glory. His family lost the glory. Ahitub's family was responsible for the glory of God being dissipated from the house of Israel. It was his family who was driving the bus that ran off the mountain that destroyed Israel. His family was responsible for 34, 
5,000 footmen being killed and losing the glory of God in one weekend. That's his family. That's his lineage. That's his story. That's who he is. Uh, he too, Ichabod's brother. Yeah, I know you. I know you. Uh, your, your brother's Ichabod, ain't he? <laughs> when I was in the ninth grade, uh, I, I was really, really bad in school. Horrible, actually. And my brother was in the 11th grade in the high school, in the local high school, Pine Forest High School. And when I left junior high to go over to Pine Forest, my brother tells the story of so many people coming to him saying, hey, it, that kid from Spring Lake Junior High, Court Chavis, is, that, is he related to you? And of course, he would tell people, yeah, that's my brother. Because he was a really good kid. He, uh, he, he, was, he was a great child and uh, did really good in school. Everybody loved him. He was, he was famous. But when his baby brother showed up at school, things changed for him. Because I was not. People would wonder, how, how are y'all from the same parents? How are y'all from the same house? Is his dad a pastor too? I know what it is to, to, to bring a little bit of shame onto your brother's name just by association. Just, just because of association, Ahitu has to live the rest of his life being Ichabod's brother. What a shame. Every conversation he has, hey, aren't you Ichabod's brother? Aren't you, uh, aren't you related to Ichabod? Wasn't, wasn't, uh, wasn't Phineas your dad? What, what wasn't, wasn't Eli your grandfather? Did, didn't, didn't, did, didn't your family lose it all? Oh, hallelujah. Wasn't it, wasn't it your family who blew it? Isn't it your past that everybody laughs about? Isn't it, isn't it your mess? But the Bible tells me that a tube had two sons. Oh, hallelujah. Ahiah and Zadok. Let me tell you who Ahiah and Zadok were. Oh, hallelujah. Let me tell you about these boys. These boys were some good boys. Ahiah, his name means I am the brother of Jehovah. Mm, hallelujah. You see, you see, Ahitu had a problem. His family had a bad story. He was Ichabod's brother. But when his child came along, he refused to put on his children what his family had put on him. And so instead of naming his son the brother of Ichabod, he says, I'm going to name you the brother of Jehovah. He said, I refuse to put on my family what my family put on me. I, I refuse. Can I say it like this? I refuse to put on my future what my past tried to put on me. Oh, hallelujah. He said, I refuse. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He said, I refuse to let my past name my future. I'm going to name my future the brother of Jehovah, the brother of Yahweh. And he will be a priest. He will be a scribe. He will wear the linen ephod. 
Oh, hallelujah. Come on, Ahitu. Are you sure you want to continue in this way? Your, 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 your brothers and, 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 and your family, they ruined it. They messed it up. They let it go. Are you sure you want your children to still live for God even though you were hurt at church? Are you sure you still want your children to carry on the ministry even though it didn't work out for you? Are you sure? Oh, hallelujah. Are you sure you want to keep up all of the circumstance and pomp and, and, and give your children the future that, that you didn't have? He said, absolutely. I refuse to let my future be overwhelmed by the darkness of my past. I know that Ichabod's my brother, but I'm going to give my child a name that has nothing to do with Ichabod. When you see my son, he will not carry the weight of Ichabod on him. When you see my future, my future will not carry the weight of my past around. I come to preach to somebody. We're about to go into a new year, and it's time for you to cut off Ichabod and say, Ichabod, you will not go with me into the new thing. Ichabod, you will not walk with me into my destiny. I've decided to give my children a name. I've decided to give my future a name, give my future a chance, give my future an opportunity to change this whole thing around. And when you see me, You'll have to ask, hey, who's your brother? Because you're not going to know. Because I made up my mind. I will not be controlled. Uh, I will not be controlled. My Ichabod. I'm going to I'm gonna make some more points here, but I want to I go back to Ahitu. The brother of Ichabod. I love, I love that the Old Testament connects names the way that it does. Today, our names really don't hold any kind of weight. Our parents could tell you. Most people today Google kids' names and just pick one that sounds cute to them. But they don't really know what it means. And I've... I've I've told a lot of people, please don't name your kid that because they're going to have to walk in that for the rest of their life. They're going to be picked on at school. They just don't, don't, don't name your kid because your name means something. And I'm going to get to Ahitub's second son in just a moment. But here's a point that I want to make to you is what Ahitub's name means. Ahitub's name means this. It, it means, my brother is good. He only had one brother, Ichabod, whose mother named him a horrible name in a horrible moment at the moment of her death. Ahitub said, my brother is good. Just because his name is bad doesn't mean that he's bad. We don't really know a lot about Ichabod in the Bible. We don't know him growing up and, and, and what he really became in life. We don't have a ton of history on Ichabod. But Ahitub refused to call his brother bad. Ahitub's name literally means my brother is good. Never name your future in a bad moment on a bad day. 
See, too many of us get in a moment where we've lost family or friends or we've lost, we've been betrayed, we've been hurt, we've been all these things. And, and we do what Ichabod's mother did in, in, in a moment of pain and in a moment of suffering. We put a tag on our future that it can never shake. Never make a permanent decision in a temporary moment. When that lady made a permanent choice to name that child Ichabod, she was not in her right mind. She was in physical pain. She was dying. She had just found out her husband was dead. She had just found out her father-in-law was dead. And she had just found out that the ark of God had been taken captive by the Philistines. It was the worst and last day of her life. And she named her son in, on the worst day of her life. Never name your future on the worst day of your life. Ahitub was born before Ichabod. And his name means my brother is good. <laughs> so there had to be a time in this woman's life where things were good. And she had Ahitub on a good day where her husband loved her and she was feeling great and she was feeling good. And when she was feeling good and feeling great and excited to have a son, she gave him a good name. And the name that she gave him spoke to the future of his life that she knew one day I'll have another son and I'm going to go ahead and name him my brother is good as a prophecy over myself. You see, there was a time when she was naming things as a prophecy over her future. Oh, you're not seeing it. You're not seeing it. I'm telling you, the Lord rocked me with this, with this word. There was a time in her life back when things were good that when she had a son, she named him as a prophetic word over the next son. You see, we, we have to understand that when things are good, we name things, we put, we put tags on things that speak to the prophetic value of what tomorrow will bring. But when we're in a bad moment, we name things as a prophetic word for the pain that tomorrow will bring. She named a he too as a prophetic word for the next child she was going to have. But she named Ichabod to end it all. The glory is gone. No more glory here. But when a he too got of age and he had sons, he said, I refuse. Oh, hallelujah. He said, I refuse to let my children be named with a name that would block their future. So he had a Hei and he had Zadok. And Zadok means righteous. He was the high priest. Zadok was the high priest. At one point in Israel, the high priest of Israel the high priest of Israel was the grandson of Eli. Mm. At one point in Israel, the high priest who functioned as the high priest in the tabernacle was Zadok. And his uncle was Ichabod. <laughs> what are you saying today? What, what, what I'm saying to you today is, 
your, your past is not strong enough to block what God has for your future. <clears throat> I want to preach somebody out of a mental state where you believe because my family, because my past, because things I did last year, you know, because, because I did this or I did that, I'm not able to be used of God in the next thing. But God is showing someone today, I don't care what your 2021 looked like, your 2022 can be unbelievable if you get it through your head. I am not held captive by my past. My past will not control me. My past will not control my mind. I've made up my mind that God can use me to do something unbelievable if I'll just stand and wait on the Lord. Oh, yeah, hallelujah. It was Zadok, the high priest, who took the horn of oil out of the tabernacle in 1 Kings chapter 1, verses 38 through 40. It was Zadok, that high priest, that took the horn out of the tabernacle and anointed Solomon to be king. Oh, hallelujah. Woo! Can, can I tell you that the grandson of Eli who messed it all up, who lost the glory, Ichabod's nephew, was the one who stood in front of Solomon. The Bible says that there was no king greater than him before him and there will be no king greater than him after him. But when the oil was poured on his head, it was poured on his head by one of the great-grandchildren of Eli. The horn that was poured on his head, his, God said, I know you messed up, but I can still use you. They anointed him. They blew the trumpet and the people said, God saved the king, Solomon. That was Zadok. That was, that was Ichabod's nephew. Ichabod had a brother. Ichabod had a brother. Yeah. Ichabod had a brother. And his brother was not held captive by the mistakes that his family made. I don't know who, who I'm preaching to today, but I want to remind you in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 21, if I can read it for you today. For the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth, henceforth live with, unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. And hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the world of reconciliation. Now, then we are ambassadors of Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled unto God, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You might be made the righteousness of God. Me? 
All the stuff that I've done, all the stuff that my family's done, all, all the trouble I've caused, all the things that I've done wrong, every time I've made a mistake, every word I've said out of place, every person I've betrayed, every person I've hurt, every person that's betrayed me, every person that's hurt me, are you telling me that God wants to use me? Yes, because when you come to him, all things are passed away. And behold, all things become new. And I believe Paul said it best in Philippians chapter 3. You know it well, 13, 14. He said, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, if you're like me and you're very literal, sometimes I get in trouble because I'm a very literal person. I want to stop Paul and I want to say, Paul, uh, you need to back that up and say that again because it's wrong. You know why it's wrong? It's wrong because Paul said, this one thing I do. One thing? He said one thing and then he said three things. Forgetting, reaching, and pressing. He said, I forget, I reach, and I press. But he said, this one thing I do, and then he said three things. If we were having a conversation, I'd have been like, hey, bro, you need to learn how to count because you said one thing and then you said three things because you forgot those things, you reached forth to those things, and you pressed toward the mark. That's three things. But I don't think Paul was wrong. I just think Paul was, Paul saw those things as one thing because if the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost can be one, forgetting, reaching, and pressing, can't be one. <laughs> it's one thing. Because if, if what, what starts the one thing is forgetting. Because if I forget, then I can reach. And, and if I'm reaching, th then I'm pressing. I don't, I don't know what a Hitub had to forget. To be able to name his child, his children. You are the brother of Jehovah, and you are he that is righteous. I know, I know all my past. I know, I know all my past. I know, I know that Ichabod's my brother. I know that it, you ain't got to remind me. I wake up every morning remembering that Ichabod's my brother. I remember that it was my family that lost the glory. I, 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 you ain't got to tell me that. I know that. But, but I'm going to make a conscious decision to forget that. And make sure my future doesn't live under the umbrella of my past. And he said, I'm going to forget it. And as I forgot it, that helped me reach. And it helped me press. Somehow, someway, God saw in Ahitu the ability to put over his future. You are blessed of God. You are God's son. You are, you are God's righteous one. I know, Dad, but isn't our uncle Ichabod? We're not worried about that, baby. You are, you, your brother is Jehovah. You, you are the righteous one. You will be a, a leader and a scribe, and you will wear the ephod in front of King Saul. You will be a priest, and you will be a high priest. You will be used of God. You will pour the oil over the head of Saul. I refuse to let my past 
tell you that. So I forget. And forgetting starts a chain reaction. Forgetting starts a chain reaction of pressing and reaching. I want to encourage somebody today in 2020, at the beginning of 2022, if you want to make this a great year, then I'm going to come at you and I'm just going to tell you, you got to forget. If you want to reach some goals this year, reach some potential this year. If you want to press this year, like really press, press into God, press into ministry, press into anointing. You really want to press, then I'm going to tell you it starts with forgetting. Forget. And I know that that's not human possibly a lot of times. It's, it's, not, it's not, you know, physically for me to forget. It's just very difficult. But I think what Paul is trying to tell us to do is move on. Move on. Stop letting it bother you. I know, but everywhere I go, people say, hey, aren't you Ichabod's brother? <laughs> I am. I am. Right now, yes, I am. But I doubt anybody asks Zadok, hey, Zadok, aren't you Ichabod's nephew? <laughs> because he too put something on his future that would take them out of the darkness of their past. I doubt anybody asked the hey, I, the brother of Jehovah. Jehovah is my brother. I doubt anybody said to him, hey, man, won't you take off that linen ephod? We know, we know Eli. That's your family. That's your grandfather. We know he messed everything up. We know your great-grandfather lost it all. No. No one said that to him because his father and he too separated them from that. No, hey, hey, my future would not be controlled by this. There's a lot of people sitting in this room today, watching online, wherever you may be, at home, and you want a great future, but you keep holding on to Ichabod. You keep holding on to what happened back then. And some of you, you wear it on your shoulder, daring anybody to knock it off. You use it as a crutch. Keep talking about it. Anytime anything bad happens to you, you go right back to it. Like a dog back to its vomit, the Bible would tell us. You keep crawling back to it. Well, you know, I, you know, uh, you know look, I, I would be great, but I don't know if you know this, but Ichabod's my brother. Eli was my grandfather. Phineas was my dad. So, you know, I, this is just who I am. The devil is a lie. I rebuke the spirit that keeps telling you you are who you are. No, you're not who you are. The Bible told us in 2 Corinthians that you can be something new. Yes, you. You can be something new. You can forget. You can reach. You can press to the mark for the prize of the high calling that is in Christ Jesus. What do I need to do? What you need to do is start naming your future. Name your future. You're the brother of Jehovah. You're the righteous one. You're the high priest. You're going to do great things. Hey, 2022, you're going to be my year, and we're going to do great things in 2022. I'm going to be used of God in 2022. Doors are going to open for my ministry in 2022. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to give more. I'm going to fast more. In 2022, God's going to speak to me. What are you speaking over it? Because if you spoke over it what you've been speaking in the past, it's always going to be Ichabod. It's always going to be Ichabod. But speak to that next thing. 
what God has for it. I hope this word helps somebody today. I'm gonna gonna ask you, we're gonna pray. I'm gonna pray over you, but I'm gonna ask you today, right, right where you are, if you would take some time and just pray. You would maybe find a place in your living room or in your home, go to your room. And just take a moment and just pray and ask God, God, help me name my future. Help me, Lord, understand that Ichabod is the worst of the worst, but Ichabod has a brother. There's a next thing. Ichabod had a brother. It doesn't always end with that. And I pray that God would help you forget to reach and to press. Press. Lord, I thank you for these people. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.